Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1,935 today. A former Imperial TIE fighter pilot shares his perspective on why the Empire lost the battle against the Rebellion, and it becomes very illustrative of the differences between the Resistance and the First Order in Live Fire. This is Resistance Briefing Season 2, Episode 3. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and yes, this is a full spoiler briefing on Live Fire, so if you have not seen the episode and don't want it spoiled for you, then by all means save this for a later date, but if you're okay with me detailing the differences between, well, I'm saying the Resistance, but there's a reason why we have to hedge that, <laughs> but the aces, if you will, of the Colossus and the First Order, well, let's dig right in. Now, as I said at the end of the last Resistance briefing, this particular episode focuses on the fact that Jarek Eager is now the squad leader of the Aces. He's being appointed that by Captain Doza, and he's doing so so that way they can get some combat training. I mean, they've had racing training, because, you know, that's what they do for fun on the Colossus, or what they did when it was on Castellon. But they haven't had any actual combat training, even though they are very capable flyers. And Kaz is being added to the Aces as well, which does not sit well with Hype Faison particularly. So one of the first things that Yeager says to try to basically give them the idea that uh, this is a different situation entirely is to do a first training exercise where they use stun blasts instead of live laser fire weapons. And it's going to be Yeager and Kaz against the Aces, which the Aces think, ha, this is ridiculous, we're going to wipe the floor with them. And naturally, it doesn't work out that way. In fact, Yeager and Kaz wipe the floor <laughs> with the Aces, much to hype Faison's chagrin, and he actually decides he wants to blow this joint at that point. But the big problem is that the Aces are flying not as a team. They are basically every pilot for themselves, and that's ultimately what costs them the friendly match in the training exercise, which you know, Griff Halloran points out, and one of his fellow pilots says, I didn't know you Imperial TIE Fighter pilots cared about each other, and he says, yeah, we didn't, that's why we lost. And sure, that's one way of looking at it, I suppose, <laughs> but you can make a case for other things, like Death Stars being blown up, and, you know, come to think of it, wasn't there enough left of the Imperial Star Fleet at the Battle of Endor that they still could have fought against the Rebellion and destroyed all the ships that were there? I mean, I feel like that might have been the case, but I guess they just panicked when the Death Star got blown up, but be that as it may. This is one former Imperial pilot's perspective on why the Empire lost, and you know, in a way, it's a legitimate one, and it's actually going to come to bear on the First Order's pilot training, which we will talk about in a moment. But for the purposes of the Aces, who don't want to join the Resistance, and Yeager says, I'm not trying to get you to join the Resistance, I'm just trying to get you to be able to do a better job of protecting the Colossus, 
Ultimately, in their training exercises, Yeager gets snatched up on this random icy moon that they're practicing on by a giant flying snow manta ray looking thing. And the aces have to work together to get the thing to let Yeager go so that they can escape. So it all works out in the end naturally. And the training and bonding of the aces is set in contrast to flight training for Tam Revora and Jace Rucklin and the rest of the First Order pilots in this episode, where we see Tam and Jace and another pilot rushing to get to a briefing on time. They're late because Rucklin couldn't find his helmet, but naturally Tam is the one who's going to get blamed for it because she's the one who arrives last. Lieutenant Gaelic, or Gaelic is going to be, you know, sending them on a test run where she's launching drones and it's a live fire exercise because they don't use stun blasts in real battles, so already it's more dangerous in the First Order. And whoever destroys the most drones is going to be named squad leader. Well, Tam is the natural best pilot here and destroys two out of the three drones. Jace tries to swoop in front of her to kill the last one and unfortunately gets shot by Tam accidentally. She's not trying to shoot him. He just flew right into her path to try to get the drone and got shot for his trouble. And his controls are out of whack and he can't do anything. He's flying now on a collision course with the Star Destroyer that they're stationed on. And Tam actually goes to rescue him, manages to redirect his path so that way he doesn't crash into the Star Destroyer. Commander Pyre is watching this exercise and tells the lieutenant that, oh, you got a real hero on your hands. And this is it's, you know, something that we kind of hear as an audience and think, well, that's a compliment. That's a good thing. Unfortunately, it's not. The lieutenant says, you all embarrassed me in front of Commander Pyre and dresses Tam down and says, yeah, that stunt cost you the squad leader job. And this is adding insult to insult, basically, because Rucklin says, like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done the same for you. <sighs> Honest, at least. But according to the lieutenant, this is not what First Order pilots are supposed to do. The First Order pilots are supposed to be all about survival of the fittest. And if someone is too weak and dies in service of the First Order, well then so be it. Ultimately, they want to cull the weak because that way the First Order is going to get stronger. They don't tell us who is ultimately named squad leader, but I don't think Rucklin's getting it either. And this essentially is another straw for the metaphorical camel's back, right? This is another situation where you know, Tam is going to realize that her lot in life of the First Order does not necessarily agree with what's in her heart about what the right thing to do is. And, you know, how that ultimately shakes out, whether she is going to try to defect back to the Colossus and join the Resistance, or whether she's going to get rescued by them, or however that's all going to shake out, well... Ultimately, it sounds like she is being driven, heart and mind at least, more and more into the ideals of the Resistance, but not necessarily as an actual physical take action about it just yet. And that just about does it for our consideration of live fire, but there is one other thing I want to mention for your consideration, and then we'll also talk about what's coming up on Resistance right after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. 
So, we don't know where the Colossus is. That's the thing that I want to flag. There's an unidentified ice moon where the Colossus aces conduct their combat training exercises, but we don't know where it is, and we don't know where in space they are. So they've managed to jump to hyperspace away from Dakar, but where they actually ended up, that's still a bit of a mystery. And as we are you know, now officially passing into that space where we're potentially between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, we might still be in Last Jedi timeline space, but you know, hard to say for sure. Yeah, uh, the curiosity about where they are in this post-Last Jedi space is kind of mounting, for me at least. So, uh, we are going to learn where they're headed in next episode, but unfortunately it's a brand new planet. It's not something that's been identified anywhere. Selsor 3. The episode is titled Hunt on Selsor 3, and the details of it are that the, pir the pirates are volunteering to find food for the Colossus, but Kaz doesn't trust them for some reason, and so he and Tora also decide to go out on the hunt and they run into big problems. This is as much as we're being told about the episode. So what kind of big problems? Well, that could be met one of two ways. Of course, it could be big like this giant snow manta ray big, which was about, you know, 20 times the size of any of their ships. Or it could be first order big. Hard to say for sure, but be that as it may, we will find out soon enough when we do our next resistance briefing, which should be next week or so, something like that. For now, though, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.